Yeah, true. Well, enjoy your flight. Thanks. Okay. The news. Nicholas Cage arrested. Deadly storms. If you read this every single day, I will guarantee you, you will find no peace at all at the end of it. We live in a world that right now, there are over, probably right now, about eight to ten major wars taking place right now with over 70 countries involved in it and over 30 potential wars See, we have conflicts happening every single day. And people want peace. We try to find peace, not just in the world, and we want that, but we try to find peace in our very own homes. We're continuing in our series that people matter to God. And did you know that we matter so much to God that not only does He want us to have peace, but He gives us a way to receive peace. And that's what we want to look at this morning. In your bulletin, there's a place that you can follow along and take notes, and there's some scripture there that can help you to track. But very rarely do we find peace anymore. Turn on the TV. Hard to find peace. And what's even more difficult is many of us are looking for peace and finding out that it's it's not the kind of peace that we're looking for. You see, if you're looking for peace in the world, you will not find it. Because every single person has their own view of peace. Everyone, all the wars that we have, it's everyone thinking that their way is right. But the Bible says that man's ways are right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. And we're going to find that peace is not what's going on on the outside, but really what's going on in the heart, what's going on on the inside. Many of us want peace, but very rarely do we find it. It's like coming home from work and you're tired, you just want to relax and And maybe you're having a family dinner or something and you just want to rest. But the moment you do so, somebody asks you to do something or or somebody says, can you you find this for me? Or, Or maybe you get a phone call and you can't rest. Or maybe you have young kids right now and you just need to take a nap. Just take a break. Come on, just give me a break. And you try your very best to find peace, and so you go in the room, you lock your door, and all the kids are crying, Mommy, or Daddy, somebody, and you're just saying, leave me alone. I just want peace and quiet. And we think we can come to a place where we, we actually try to look for peace, and, and that if it's just calm and quiet, then everything's fine. Or what's even worse, at work, you just want customers to to be nice and, and calm and not complaining. And, and, and if you're on the opposite end of it, you're the customer, you want the store or the, the clerk or the cashier or the person helping you to be at best as they give their customer service. And maybe you're looking forward to work or maybe not and, and you're going to deal with people that, that will just walk in and say, oh, can I exchange this? And you'll just be thinking, oh, yeah, sure. Well, what seems to be the problem? Broken. It's broken. Oh, so what, what happened? I mean, well, I, I bought it like that. Oh, so when you, when you took it out of the box, it, yeah, it was already broken. And it looks like five years old. And you have to deal with that. Now you're trying to deal with people. And then you bring all of that stuff home. 
Everything from work we bring home. Why? Because so-and-so said this about this person and the boss said this and these guys don't listen and, and you have all of these things distracting you. And then if you have kids and they're in school, there's not that much peace there either. Oh, what you said about me on Facebook? I know you said something. And now everybody's going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I get proof what you said. And now people fight because of no peace. And the Bible puts it like this, and, and this is where our fights come from. In James 4.1, it says, where do wars and fights come from among you? And it actually answers it. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war within your members? In other words, what the Bible is saying is, you know where all these conflicts and wars and fights come from? It comes from within. That's where it comes from. It's not, it's, it doesn't come from the outside. And sometimes we think, if I can just remove myself from this situation, then I'll be at peace. Now, it may work, maybe for a little while, but if there's no peace on the inside, you're not going to find peace on the outside. We all want peace, but very rarely do we find it. Now, 1 Corinthians 14.33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now let's zoom in a little bit from the, from the whole world in trying to find peace that way, from all the conflicts that are going on, and let's zoom it into our very own family and into our very own lives. And let's, let's take a look at what, what true peace is. And we're going to look at some principles, some guidelines that allow us to have peace in our lives. But listen, if we don't understand what true peace is, how in the world will we know what it looks like when we find it. Therefore, we must understand what true peace is. And if you are taking notes, you can write in your first point that we must understand what true peace is. Because if I don't understand what true peace is, then really, how will I know if I find it? Or what do I do if I do find it? What do I do with peace? Or what can be even more important is, is that how will you know that the people you surround yourself with are people that have true peace. How will we know? Romans 5.1, it tells us, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because what Christ Jesus our Lord has done for us. You see, the first place we find peace is with God. And if we never have peace with God, we will never find peace. Isn't it true that when we do something that is not pleasing to God, there's just no peace? It's like we feel guilty. And then when we see somebody from church, it's like, oh, no, I never go to church a long time. And you try to avoid even Christians. Or what's worse, you see one of the pastors. And you may be shopping and, oh, that's the one of the pastors. Oh, man, what are you doing? Just, uh, what are you doing? And so we try to hide. And we try to avoid even the people that supposedly know God. If we don't have peace with God, we're just, we're not going to find peace because we'll make mistakes over and over. That's where peace starts. It's with God. Psalm 119, 165, it tells us that those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. Isn't that great? But it's those that love his laws, that love the ways of God, his principles and his word. And when we love his law, we have great peace. Nothing causes us to stumble. There's a story of a king who wanted peace. 
And he was in search for the true meaning of peace. And he would go throughout his whole kingdom looking for peace. He was obsessed with the desire to find the meaning of peace. What is peace and how can we get it and where can we find it? And then when we do find it, what should we do with it? And those were some of his issues that bothered him. Well, intellectuals in his kingdom were invited to answer the king's questions for a handsome reward. Many tried, but none could explain how to find peace and then what to do with it. But alas, someone came along and said to the king, you know what, you ought to consult the sage. And he lives just right outside of the city. You should go to him. He's a wise man. He's an older man. And if anyone can answer you, he can. Well, the king went to the sage and, and then posted the eternal question. He said, what is peace and how can we get it? And when we find it, what should we do with it? Well, without a word, the sage went into the kitchen and brought out a grain of wheat and put it in the palm of the outstretched arms of the king. Well, puzzled, but unwilling to admit his ignorance, the king clutched the grain of wheat and returned to his palace. He took the grain of wheat and locked it in a little box and then put it in a safe. Each morning upon waking, the, the king would open the box and then look at the grain to seek an answer, but could find nothing. A weeks later, another sage, passing through, stopped to meet the king who eagerly invited him to resolve his dilemma. And the king explained how he had asked the eternal question to this one sage, and the sage gave him this grain of wheat instead. And he said, you know, I have been looking for an answer every morning, but I find nothing. This other sage said, well, it's quite simple, Your Honor. Just as the grain represents the nourishment for the body, peace represents nourishment for the soul. Now, if you keep this grain locked up in a gold box, it will eventually perish without producing nourishment or even multiplying. However, if it is allowed to interact with the elements, with the air, the light, and water, and soil, it will flourish, multiply, and soon you will have a whole field of wheat which will nourish not only you, but so many others. This is the meaning of peace. That it must nourish your soul and the souls of others. It must multiply by interacting with other elements. And I thought, Lord, that's... That's where we're at. We all want peace, but we really don't know what it looks like. How do we get that peace? How do, we, how do we figure out what it is? And then when we get it, what do we do with it? Do we just keep it for ourselves? Do we lock it up? What do we do? Because Jesus himself often spoke about peace. Jesus knew that we would encounter times in our lives where we just have no peace at all. And that the struggle with peace is not just between two nations, but also between two people. You see, the world's peace is dependent on if you don't strike me, I won't strike you. That's what the world's peace is dependent on. But Jesus says it like this in John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And then he continues, and the peace, the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. You know, you may be in a situation right now and you're wondering, 
I, I don't know what God's peace looks like. I, don't, I, I, I know I have peace with God, but boy, I don't, I don't know what decisions to make. I don't know. I'm not at peace with this decision or, or with this person or, or what's going on here. And when I go to work, I just don't have that peace and that everything's going to be okay. Or, or even right now in my finances, I just don't have that peace. I look at my family and, and, and we're all different in our ways, even in our belief with God. And I'm trying to find out how, to, how can I bring this peace? How can we all have this peace? And I don't understand fully what God's peace is. And Jesus continues in John 16, 33. He says, you know, these things I've spoken to you so that in me, you can underline that or circle it, in me, you may have peace peace and then he kind of shifts a gear a little bit for us he says you know in the world you will have tribulation but take courage I have overcome the world see it's like the world's peace and God's peace are at opposite ends it's completely different we must first understand what true peace is lest we accept anything any pleasure that comes our way thinking it'll bring us peace of mind and heart we must understand what true peace is. I know many of us, we pray for peace. But you know, sometimes we want calmness, not peace. And we think if everybody just relaxes, everybody just doesn't do a single thing, and if everyone listens to me, everything will be fine. We'll have peace and quiet and everything will be fine. And we look for places to find just peace and quiet. But that's not true peace. Even for many of us who know Jesus Christ, very rarely do we understand what true peace is. Because we live life in this world where our heart gets burdened by the conflicts of the world. And our hearts are unguarded and it just keeps bombing at us. And our hearts are now at war with everything that goes on on the outside. Many of us know about Jesus Christ, but even that, you will still deal with animosity, conflict, fights, and inner turmoil. We still will. That's why the Bible says it like this. Before Jesus came, it is said that Jesus, he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of peace see it's in him that we find true peace and it's that continued relationship therefore if i'm going to pray about peace i'm going to pray for god's peace not just calmness and that everyone would just relax and and be quiet and peaceful but but i'm going to pray for god's peace because there is a difference you can write in your second point to pray for god's peace and it's not the easiest thing to do because when we start to pray, all kinds of things come to our mind. We start to think of what's happening the next day. We go on tangents. We fall asleep. Prayer to us is like the end of the day. And God says, no, no, pray for my peace. And did you know that God's peace may not necessarily take care of the things on the outside, like gossip or our finances or slander, or things that people say against us, or our job, or even people, or our spouse, or our kids, or even the world. God's peace takes care of what is happening on the inside. 
That's where it counts. So now, peace is not determined by if everything is going well on the outside. Peace is now determined by what God is doing inside of us. Therefore, we have the peace of God. It's on the inside. That's the kind of peace that we can't make, fashion, form, or conjure up. It comes from God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, To be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And don't be anxious. Don't be troubled with all of these cares. That when you pray and offer your prayers and supplication with thanksgiving, it's like your needs, your wants, your, your begging. It's like you're humbly coming before God. That your request that we give to God is with thanks, but you're petitioning God. And then it's made known to God or to gain knowledge of. It's like it's now made known. You see, it's not God who needs to know our needs. It's us. Well, why does the Bible say to pray then? Why why do I have to pray to God? If he already knows our needs, then why do I have to pray? Again, it's not God who needs to know our needs. It's us. Okay, then why since pray? Why can't I just write stuff down that I need, like my to-do list? I need this. I need that. Have you ever answered a question? uh, Excuse me asked a question that you answered yourself? Like you ask everybody, did everybody see my keys? Oh, never mind, I know where it is. I left it on the table. Okay, thank you, I got it. And everybody's thinking, okay, (laughs) waste my time. Or you say, did anybody see my cell phone? I know I left it somewhere. I don't, where did I leave my cell phone? Oh, no, I know where it is. I left it in the car. And uh, I left it there last night, but it's, I probably got to charge it, so I, 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 I got it. Don't worry about it, I got it. Everybody's sitting down thinking, I wasn't even listening to you anyway. But it's like you answer your own question. It's like when we talk things out, we answer our own questions. Now, take that to prayer. Take that principle to prayer. When God says, to, when, you, when you come to him, to let your request be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. You know what actually happens? Now, this is an honest prayer that many of us do. And I, I found myself doing this also with prayer. I'll say, Lord, um, I, can, can you help me with this situation? Because I, man, I, I, I don't know how to do this uh, take care of this, and, and I just need your help. So can you take care of that because the battle belongs to you? And as I'm praying, I'll say, yeah, hey, I know the battle belongs to you, but can you just give me wisdom to figure this stuff out and, and help me with this person because they're driving me nuts, they're driving me crazy, and can, it's not you, Heidi. I was just, it's in prayer with other people. And I'll pray, Lord, can you help me because I can't take it anymore, and, and, but can, just give me wisdom, Lord. Give me wisdom, give me the strength that I need, give me the heart that you have. And it's like God is just saying, keep, keep praying, keep praying. And, and Lord, um, boy, I'm praying for your peace. Keep, keep going, keep going. And Lord, I, I just miss spending time with you. And God says, there it is. That's what I was going for. It's like God is saying, let your request be made known to me. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You know why? Because we fill our lives with junk that are non-essentials to what God is trying to do in our lives. When he say, no, come to me with all your prayers. Come to me and just, just pray. Talk to me. Tell me what's going on. Because I don't need to know what's going on in your life. You do. You need to know what's happening. 
but I'll help you because I'll sift through all the junk. I'm the only one that will sit before you to let you release all of the junk and wait patiently to give you my peace. I will wait patiently. I'm the only one that will do that. But you got to come to me. You got to come to me. Be anxious for nothing. Why? Because I'm going to take care of things. But you have all of these things packed up over your heart. Now it's invading your heart. You got to release it. Keep going. Oh, Lord, help me with this person. Help me with that. Okay, keep going. Oh, Lord, I, I can't take this anymore. Help me with my finances. Keep going. Lord, I, boy, I, I, I never read your, your word in a long time. I haven't even attended church often. And, and when I do, I'm not even paying attention, Lord. I, I just need your help, Lord. Oh, boy, I, I just want to build my relationship with you stronger. He said, that's what I was after. That's what I'm looking for. You just keep going. Keep giving me your prayers and supplications, your petitions. Keep doing that. Because he's going to the root of the issue. What actually happens is after we take out all of that, now here's our heart. And once we, once we make our requests made known to God, the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, all of this stuff that we can't even figure out, surpasses all, all, all human understanding, and then it guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's important that kind of prayer is. See, it's in our prayers that the true issues make it to the surface. That's why he says to come to him. It's the non-essentials that are all prayed out, and it's made known to God, not for him, but for us. And as you're praying, you're going to hear God say, there it is. Right there, that's what I was after. Let him do that. Sometimes we'll pray to God, and right before he touches our heart, we stop because I don't like cry. I don't, I don't. Nope, I'm not going there, God. Nope, too bad. Nope. I'll keep this one issue there so that it's right between you and I. And we keep it there, almost like we're guarding ourselves against the very one who is faithful to us. And God is saying, I... I want, to, I want to answer your prayer. I want to help you, but, but you're not allowing me to. Therefore, you're not going to have peace. Matthew says it like this in Matthew 6, and I'll read it to us. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about how to pray. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus says, oh, you know, and when you do pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. What Jesus is saying is just don't be like that. You don't have to be in public praying to me to let everybody know you're praying. You don't have to be the person that's so loud when everybody else is praying unless you have to pray out loud. Saying you don't have to parade it in front of people. Said, but if you do that, that's your reward. That's all the reward you're going to get. Then it continues on. But I tell you when, you, go, when you pray, go to your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. In other words, he's saying, just don't say stuff over and over. You know, Lord, I, I thank you for this day. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for the food. Amen. Next day, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for my 
family. I thank you for the food. Thank you for my kids. Oh, food came before kids this time. Amen. And, and it's like, after a while, it's just repetition. There's no heart involved, and there's no receptivity. We're now just talking to God rather than with Him. And he says, That's, my peace is built on this relationship. Then he says, therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In other words, God is ready to do whatever needs to happen. He's just waiting for us to get ready for it. And he's saying, until that point, you're not going to have my peace. It's my peace that brings about the whole deal with this situation. That's where you find peace. The whole situation may not even be resolved, but something is resolved in here, and that changes everything. God says, that's the peace that I'm talking about. You know, in your, in your bulletin and on your notes, you might have been wondering what this card is for, and you may have read it, but did you know that there are many people out there, and maybe you, even you sitting in here, that you don't have God's peace? But for many of us who do have God's peace or we understand the things of God, that God also wants us to share that peace. Once we get it, what do we do with it? We got to share it. And this card is actually for our, our Easter services, but not just that, more than just Easter services. It's that people would find Christ. And this is a way for us to pray for people to invite them to come to our Easter services. Or to a Easter service, if not this church, that pray that they would attend a church that preaches about Jesus Christ and that they would come to know Christ. And the prayer card, there's a scripture on it, Mark 10, 27. And it says that Jesus looked at him and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Mark 10, 27. And we made it small enough so that you could write names on the other side. And the names are, I have one I, I, I started, and it'll get a little busted up, but that's okay. But you keep it with you, and every now and then, you just take it out and pray. And we put the prayer here, and you can, this will be a guideline for all of us. But it says, Dear God, my Easter prayer this year is not for me, but for those I care about. My desire is that they come to know Jesus in a way that I do, and even more. I pray that you would move in the lives of, and then you write these five people's names down and bring them to Easter service this year. Amen. And you pray and see what God will do. Now, I know what you're saying because I'll put down some names and I'll think they're not going to come to church. They're not ever going to come to church. That's, for them to come to church is impossible. I don't know what would bring them to church. It's impossible. That's why we put that scripture there. Because if you think it's impossible for that person to come to church, they're a candidate for this prayer. So look for the person that you would least expect to come into church. Look for the person that you would say, no way, dad or mom or son or daughter or auntie or uncle or grandma, grandpa or co-worker or friend or cousin, relative, no way they would come to church. Impossible. They're a perfect candidate. You see, we all need peace, and sometimes they don't know what that sounds like or what it's like. And so when you say church, they think, oh, I don't want to go there. Full of funny kind of people, weird people, or they might say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know because, you know, I, I've done some things and I don't know if God's going to accept me. If it's impossible for them to even think about coming to church, 
then it's possible because with God, all things are possible. So take that, pray through it, write down some names, and then let the Lord speak to you and pray through it. And the Bible says it like this in Psalm 29, 11, that the Lord will give strength to his people. And here's his promise. The Lord will bless his people with peace. He will. It's his promise. It continues in Psalm 85, verse 8. I listen carefully to what the Lord, uh, to what God the Lord is saying. For he speaks peace to his people, his faithful ones. And then it, it changes a little bit on us, like a, a little, um, like a little side trail just to grab our attention. It says, but let them not return to their foolish ways. Did you know that we can pray for God's peace and receive it, but then return to our old foolish ways? We've done that many times. And God is saying, yeah, pray for my peace, but when you receive it, don't return to your own foolish ways. It's very easy for us to return to our old foolish ways. Because life throws at us things that we're not even ready for. Sometimes we get blindsided by the things of life. We get hurt. People say things that, that offend us because we're not ready for certain things. Yesterday we were... Uh, cleaning our yard and so we had to uh, mow the lawn and weed whack and so my wife and uh, Heidi and I said okay so what job are we going to do and, and Heidi said well I'll weed whack I said okay I'll mow the lawn it's an acre so it gives you an idea of what we have to do well as we're going around uh, she ha- she's in one area and I'm in another area but I keep finding like I, I get closer to her and so I'm waiting for her to finish up and there's a lot of cinder and rocks And so I'm waiting for her and I'm thinking, maybe I should put on some kind of facial gear so that in case, and right when I'm thinking that, here comes a rock straight at my face. And I turn and it cracks me right on the cheek. And I'm holding my face. I'm like, what in the world? And, you know, just a little bit of blood because it broke skin. And I'm I'm dabbing my face and and waiting for sympathy. But she's just going, bang, bang, bang. And so I'm like, okay, she doesn't see this. I'm waiting, just waiting for her to finish. She turns around. What happened? It's on a rock. She says, no, come by me. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense, right? I'm waiting by somebody who's weed whacking. And I thought, that's true. Why go close to the areas that throw rocks at us? Why be in places that only rocks are going to be thrown at us? You see, in the world, you will get blindsided. Things will come at you without even expecting it. And you'll be surprised at the things that will happen even today if we don't understand what true peace is. And if we don't understand that God guards our hearts and our minds, in Christ Jesus, we'll find that peace is very hard to keep. But this last thing will help us, and that's to practice and pursue God's peace. See, we can pursue the peace of the world. We can practice trying to be nice to people. We can practice those things, but, but if we practice and pursue God's peace then everything changes on the inside. And no matter if things are thrown at us or blindsided or the things of life just show up, 
when we're practicing peace and we're practicing and pursuing after peace, then we'll begin to understand that, wait a minute, it's, I'm not waiting for something to happen. Now I'm trying to find out God's peace. I already understand what it is because I'm practicing it. I'm, I'm pursuing peace. In other words, peace is something I become. It's not something now I'm trying to look for. I become peace. Remember when Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You become peacemakers. No matter what is thrown our way, we're able to be at peace with God. We're able to stand strong because peace, and you can write this in in that bullet under number three, peace is on purpose. It is. It's on purpose. It's not something that happens, something that just, you know, randomly takes place in our life, but peace is on purpose. You, we, we must pursue and practice peace on purpose. It's not just going to happen. I got to do it on purpose. You know, Paul the Apostle was someone who understood peace. He truly understood what peace was because he was doing the things of God, not knowing God. Before he came to know Christ, he was like doing the things he thought he was supposed to be doing for God. And then he met Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And he changed and he understood, wait a minute, this is not peace at all. I'm trying to do peace like the world does. He's putting people, in, oh, Christians in prison, killing them. And not until he found Christ did he understand, wait a minute, that's not true peace. It's not just trying to get rid of everyone. It's, it's really coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Paul says this in Philippians 9, uh, 4, verse 9. The things you have heard and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Psalm says it like this, plain black and white. Psalm 34, verse 14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Yeah, depart from evil and do good. It's like the Bible is saying, you've got to do something with it. You've you got to practice it. You, you have to put it into your life. It has to be something that is, is, is moving forward. It has to be alive. Because peace is a spirit. Therefore, I must pursue it. It's a spirit. You know, when we let God's peace do something spiritual on the inside, you'll see something magnificent happen on the outside in the physical. Because what happens on the inside manifests on the outside it makes known to god and even others around you understanding what is happening on the inside because it's now the peace of god what happens on the inside will show on the outside it's like bodybuilding if you bodybuild and you're you know pumping iron and lifting weights and you know eating right and you know exercising it'll show on the outside you know, some of you um, will exercise and, and try to stay healthy or, or you'll do like Zumba or cardio kickboxing and things like that. And the hope is you look different on the outside. That's the hope. I was at uh, Jamba Juice and, and I ordered this one drink. Uh, it's like a smoothie. And, and I said, oh, can I have an original Cold Buster immunity boost? And she said, would you like any other boost with that? I said, well, what else kind do you have? And I said, well, we have, uh, we have an energy boost. I said, no, I'm, I think I'm good with that. Uh, and she said, well, we have a whey protein boost. I said, whey protein, what does that do? She goes, well, do you, do you body build? I was like, I guess not. 
if you have to ask. And so I just left it at that. Just to let you know, of course, you already know. No, I don't. But when I left, I thought, that's so true. If, if I am trying to bodybuild and build my muscles, it should show. Because what I'm doing on the inside and building muscles should show on the outside. But if I'm not doing that on the inside, it doesn't matter how much I pose in front of the mirror. It's just not happening. It must be done on the inside out. And that's what peace is. It must be from the inside out. In 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. You know what the Bible is saying? Make peace a part of your life. It should be a lifestyle, not just something I want when things are chaotic. Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. You know what peace will do when we have it? It'll start to call the shots in our life. It'll give us direction. It'll rule in our hearts. It'll be like that umpire during a game that calls the shots. What is, what is going on? Foul ball, fair ball, strike. And when we have the peace of God, we'll actually be able to make wiser decisions because we have God's peace and it'll rule in our hearts. James 3.18, it says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. That, to me, is a very good reason to have peace, especially the peace that God offers. Romans 14.19, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Pursue peace. Practice it. Seek it. And when we have that kind of peace, we'll begin to find that it's, it's something that is valuable when we, when we go into this world or even battle uh, the battles that go on in our very own lives. In the book of Ephesians, when it gives us the instructions about putting on the full armor of God, it goes through all the different armors of God. And the first one, it talks about in Ephesians 6.15, it says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shod your feet. It's like binding, binding that, that, uh, that, that shoe to your foot. It's, it means to underbind. It means to tie it on so well that it's immovable to oneself, just to bind it under oneself. And that preparation, it's the act of preparing. It's like you're preparing for whatever's going to take place by putting peace under your feet. That you're the one that's saying, you know what, it's the gospel of peace that allows me to have peace. Then I'm going to be someone who binds it tightly to my feet because I'm going to need God's peace wherever I go. Bind it tightly to your feet. And when you do, no matter what's happening in the world, you won't be living so much in chaos, searching for some peace and quiet, because now it's bound to your feet. And it's there with you. And after a while, you won't need to be searching so hard for peace. You'll be bringing it with you. Because blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters 
of God. Amen? Put your Bibles away. And That last scripture is actually our prayer that we're going to end with this morning. In 1 Peter 1, 2. I'm going to ask if you would just bow your heads with me for a little bit. And I actually want to say this as a prayer to all of us. It comes from the Word of God. In 1 Peter 1, 2. And here's the prayer. And listen very carefully to how the Bible speaks to you in this way and how God will speak to you. God the Father chose you long ago. And the Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Jesus Christ and are cleansed by His blood. May you have more and more of God's special favor and wonderful peace. Lord, thank you for that blessing and thank you for giving us your wonderful peace. That you didn't just say you were going to give us peace. You actually showed us your peace through Jesus Christ. That not even death on the cross could hold down that kind of peace. But it's the peace that you give. And so we receive that and we thank you for being the author of peace. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.